following comes to you through Podbean.com. In the Artist Realm with Sylvie Stein. Here we go. I am indie author Sylvia Stein and this is In the Artist Realm. I hope everyone's having a happy Wednesday. I know I am um, today. My children are off at school. They just started school last week and a lot of uh, children out in different uh, states are starting their school year just this week. Um, We want to wish them the best in their school year. I got three of them and uh, they are all uh, started school recently, uh, last week, as I said, and I uh, want to wish them all a very, very happy school year, and all the teachers and parents and everyone. So, happy Wednesday, everyone. Um, for today, um, I am excited to bring you, uh, as I mentioned last week, I'm doing the series on the writing tips for today, Writing Tools, 50 Essential Strategies for Every Writer by Roy Peter Clark. And I have the paperback, and it's also, he updated it. Um, he has an, a newer one, which is 55 Essential Strategies for Every Writer. So this these books by Roy Peter Clark are very influential. They do help. And if you, and I know Stephen King on writing, and that's my next book after this one to discuss on the, on the show here on Wednesdays when we discuss writing tips. Uh, and uh, he discussed uh, this book by Roy Peter Clark. When you read the book on Stephen King on writing, which is also very phenomenal, you will see uh, he mentions this uh, wonderful uh, author. He is, uh, Roy Peter Clark is a writer. Uh, he teaches and is a teacher who writes. Um, uh, he's a vice president and senior scholar of the Pointner Institute. And uh, which is one of the most prestigious schools for journalists in the world. He has written and edited many books about writing and journalism, and he has spoken about the writer's craft on the Oprah Winfrey Show, NPR, and Today. So, if you, have, in case you have not caught a glance of him, and I'm sure you have, but in case you haven't, his name is Roy Peter Clark, and his book is Writing Tools, and that's what we're going to be discussing and keeping on. We've already done a, a few of the sections here. We've done tool one, which was begin sentences with subjects and verbs. We've done order word for emphasis, tool two, because he divides it up in nuts and bolts, which uh, we're, we've been discussing, activating verbs, tool three, and we did pa- be passive aggressive, tool four. Uh, tool number four. So now today we're going to watch, or excuse me, I I just drank my coffee and every morning I have to have my coffee. So excuse me. Uh, Then it's uh, tool five. Watch those adverbs and take it easy on the INGs tool six. So those are the two we'll be discussing today on on this whole section we did on Roy Peter Clark's writing tools, which are very exciting. 
So we'll begin with what he says is watching those adverbs. Okay. So he says, use them, and this is on page 27 of the paperback. I'm not sure what page it is on the Kindle, but you can still follow along. With This is found in Nuts and Bolts, tool number five, watching those adverbs. Use them. He says, use them to change the meaning of the verb. So let's, uh, I'm going to begin with this section. The authors of the classic Tom Swift Adventures for Boys love the exclamation point and the adverb. Consider this brief passage from Tom Swift and his great searchlight. Look, suddenly exclaimed Ned, there's the agent now. I'm going to speak to him, impulsively declared Ned. So here it says, the exclamation point after look should suffice to fire up the young reader. But the author adds suddenly and exclaimed for good measure. Time and again, the writer uses the adverb not to change our understanding of the verb, but to intensify it. The silliness of this style led to a form of pun called the Tom Swifty, in which the adverb conveys the punchline. So this is what it means. And these are the examples that Roy Peter Clark is giving on page 27 of tool number five. I'm an artist, he said easily. I need some pizza, uh, I need some pizza now, he said crustily. I'm the Venus de Milo, she said disarmingly. I dropped my toothpaste, he said crestfallen. At their best, adverbs spice up a verb or adjective. At their worst, they express a meaning already contained in it. The blast completely destroyed the church office. The cheerleader gyrated wildly before the screaming fans. The accident totally severed the boy's arm. The spy peered furtively through the bushes. Consider the effect of deleting the adverbs. Now we're going to use the words without using the completely, wildly, totally, and furtively. The blast destroyed the church office. The cheerleader gyrated before the screaming fans. The accident severed the boy's arm. The spy peered through the bushes. In each case, the deletion shortens the sentence, sharpens the point, and creates elbow room for the verb. Feel free to disagree. But that basically what he's saying is, you already said the blast completely destroyed the church office. So the blast destroyed the church office. You don't have to, you know, use uh, the adverb there. The cheerleader gyrated wildly before the screaming fans. The word gyrate, you know, the cheerleader gyrated before the screaming fans already described that it was a wild, uh, it, she did it in a wild form, you know, the way she was moving. The accident totally severed the boy's arm. Totally, it, you know, can be deleted and you say the accident severed the boy's arm without totally. The spy peered through the bushes. The spy peered furtively through the bushes. Peered is already describing, so you don't need to use furtively to add more to it. But he says, you can feel free to disagree. And he continues, a half century after his death, Mayor Berger remains among the greatest stylists in the history of the New York Times. One of his last columns describes the care received in a Catholic hospital by an old blind viol violinist. 
So here he's using another article, which he's very famous for. As we've noticed, Roy Peter Clark always adds a, a New York Times article or something related to journalism, which is also part of his scope of what he knows, which it says he, he belongs to the mo uh, that school for journalists in the world, one of the most prestigious, which is the Pointner Institute. So anyway, here was the example he gives. The staff talked with Sister Mary Fintan, who has charge of the hospital. With her, with her consent, they brought the old violin to room 203. It had not been played for years, but Lawrence Sto Storitz groped for it. His long white fingers stroked it. He tuned it with some effort and tightened the old bow. He lifted it to his chin and the lion's mane came down. The vigor of verbs and the absence of adverbs smart Berger's prose as the old man played Ave Maria. So here it says, black clad and white clad nuns move lips in silent prayer. They choked up. The long years on the Bowery had not stolen Lawrence Stroh's touch. Blindness made his fingers stumble down to the violin bridge, but they recovered. The music died and the audience pattered applause. The old violinist bowed and his sunken cheeks creased in a smile. How much better that the audience pattered applause than that it applauded politely. So so here it says, you know, it, it, it's here, it's, it's kind of trying to eliminate what he's talking about, you, the, the overuse of adverbs. So he says, how much better that the audience pattered applause than that it applauded politely. Adverbiage reflects the style of an Im immature writer. That's what, in, according to what he's saying here. But the masters can bump their shins as well. In 1963, John Updike wrote a one-paragraph essay, Beer Can, about the beauty of that sacred vessel before the invention of the pop top. He reminisced about how suds once foamed eagerly in the exultion of release. As I read that sentence over the years, I've grown more impatient with eagerly. It clogs the space between a great verb foamed and a great noun exultation, which personify the beer and tells us we need to know about eagerness. To understand, he says, the difference between a good verb and a bad verb, consider these two sentences. She smiled happily and she smiled sadly. Which one's works best? The first seems weak because smile contains the meaning of happily. On the other hand, sadly changes the meaning. So she smiled happily, and then there's the next one, and she, and she smiled sadly. Author Kurt Vonnegut uses adverbs with the frequency of an appearance of Halley's Comet. I had to read several passages of his book, Palm Sunday, before I found one. Invited to deliver a Sunday sermon, he concludes the homily. This is what Roy Peter Clark says. I thank you for your sweetly faked attention once again. Sweetly adjust the meaning of faked. Good adverb. Remember the song, Killing Me Softly? Good adverb. How about killing me fiercely? Bad adverb. So killing me softly, good adverb, he considers. And then how about killing me fiercely? Bad adverb. Because... Softly and killing, that he's saying it, he's using another way of 
turning it around. It's not the same meaning. While killing and fiercely do seem the same. It says look also for weak verb adverb combinations that you can revise with stronger verbs. She went quickly down the stairs. Can become. She dashed down the stairs. He listened surreptitiously. Can become he eavesdropped. Give yourself a choice, he says. I conclude with a disclaimer. The, wealthy, the wealthiest writer in the world is J.K. Rowling, author of the Harry Potter series. She loves adverbs, especially when describing speech. On two pages of her first book, I found these attributions. Said Hermione timidly. Said Hermione faintly. He said simply. Said Hagrid grumpily. Said Hagrid irritably. If you want to make more money than the Queen of England, maybe you should use more adverbs. If your aspirations, like mine, are more modest, use them spare, sparingly. So, so basically, what what we're trying to say is, it you know you don't have to overuse the the adverbs. You can basically, uh, if you want to, you can, but you don't have to. Now another. Uh, so basically, this is the section on tool number five of watching those adverbs. So we need to watch them. Or you can, you know, it's up to you. But basically, those that's the opinion of Roy Peter Clark of what he's saying. And we have a workshop, as I said. And that's going to be the next, uh, the next one. After I'm done with tool number six today, next the next uh, podcast, I don't know if I'm going to divide it up. I'm going to start with... The workshop that was on tool number one and then move and I'm gonna pick a, a quest in each I don't know if we'll be able to cover all of those and discuss those with you um, in the next podcast and I don't know if I'm gonna divide it up we might need to uh, for the two writing sections I do on Wednesday and if that's the case that's what we'll do but uh, for today I'm gonna finish up with tool number six just in case you all were wondering about the workshop questions that are in the book we will be discussing those and I will also have them on my writing tips book uh, group that I have on Facebook if you want to join send me an email to silstein07 at gmail.com and I will add you to our Facebook group there's uh, information there you know examples that you can post and um, I will be putting up files of, of different writing things that you all can learn and gather from it's like a course that you know you're kind of learning from but we haven't you know we're just kind of giving tips and what works and books and hopefully I can get more into specifics with the syllabus at some point in the coming months to kind of help out with this uh, writing class but uh, if you want to join the group it's uh, gonna be uh, to send me an email to sil s-y-l-s-t-e-i-n-0-7 at gmail.com or you can find me on Facebook, uh, author Sylvia Stein. Uh, Facebook page is uh, is is the www.facebook.com/sillauthor07. So you can always find me there as well. Anyway, let's continue with tool number six, and we'll discuss the workshops in the next two sections. Also, take it easy on the ings. Prefer. The simple present or past. So now we're going to get into the INGs and prefer the simple present or past. That's what he's saying here.
And he begins with, an editor from Newsday told me the story, he says, of how he tried to help a reporter revise the top of a story. As often happens, the editor knew that lead paragraph could be improved, but not how. As he walked down the hallway, story in hand, he looked up to see the Brobdingnagian. He looked up to see the Brobdingnagian figure of Jimmy Breslin, who agreed to take a peek at the problem. Too many ings," said the legendary columnist. "Too many what? Too many ings." So he says, "Can a writer use too many?" Words that end with ing, and why should that be a problem? Let's let's take a look. To put it another way, why is wish and hope and think and pray stronger than wishing and hoping and thinking and praying? So this is a this is a song, obviously a song. We've heard it. With apologies to Dusty Springfield, the answer resides in the history of English as an inflected language. So he's going into the song because it wishing and hoping. I think you've heard it. It was on uh, my best friend's wedding, and it's a classic song. An inflection is an element we add to a word to change its meaning. For example, we add S or ES to a noun to indicate the plural. Add S or ED to a verb, and we distinguish present action from the past, he says. Adding ING to a verb, and it takes a progressive sense, a happening, as is as in this 1935 description by Richard Wright of the Wild Celebration after a Joe Lewis boxing victory. The emphasis is mine. Then they began stopping street carts like a cyclone sweeping through a forest. They went through them, shouting, stamping. The passage survives the weak verb, went through, depending on a simile and those ing words to create a sense of spontaneous action. Consider, he gives another example, the opening to the mystery novel, The Big Sleep. And this is the excerpt. It was about 11 o'clock in the morning, mid-October, with the sun not shining, a look of hard, wet rain in the clearness of the foothills. I was wearing my powder blue suit with dark blue shirt, tie, and display handkerchief, black brogues, black wool socks, with dark blue clocks on them. I was neat, clean, shaved, and sober, and I didn't care who knew it. I was everything the well-dressed private detective ought to be. I was calling on $4 million. Even though author Raymond Chandler used the static was five times, he creates a sense of the present, the here and now, by the injection of ING words. So the writer should not worry about the occasional sorry, excuse me, strategic use of an ing word. Only it's overused when the simple present or past will suffice. Sometimes a single ing creates the desired effect. In this passage from a biography of U.S. Senator Bob Dole, we learn of the care he received after a terrible war injury. So let's listen to this now. This is on page 32 of tool uh, in the section of nuts and bolts, tool number six on the paperback. Bob held on and made it through the operation. The fever disappeared and the other kidney and the other kidney worked. And by fall, they chipped away the whole cast. 
Now they were trying to get him out of bed. They hung his legs over the edge of the mattress, but it made him weak with fatigue. It took days to get him on his legs, and then he shook so with the pain and the strangeness they had to set him back in bed. So using the simple past tense, Richard Brent Kramer creates a scene that is vivid, clear, and dramatic. There in the middle rests a single exception. They were trying to describe immediate and continuous effort. Let me make, let me attempt to write a paragraph with too many INGs. So this is his example here. Suffering under the strain of months of withering attacks, reservists stationed in Iraq are complaining to family members about the length of their tours of duty and lobbying their congressional representatives about bringing more troops home soon. There is nothing right or wrong about this sentence. It's just heavy on INGs, five of them expressing a variety of syntactic forms. Suffering is a present participle modifying reservists. Withering is an adjective modifying attacks. Complaining and lobbying are progressive forms of verbs. Bringing is a gerund, a verb used as a noun. Before I try to improve this passage, let me offer two reasons why ing weakens a verb. That's what he's, this is his, his opinion on why it weakens it. When I add ing, I add a syllable to the word, which does not happen. Most cases when I add s or ed, let's take the verb trick, I'll add s, then ed. Give me tricks and tri tricked. Neither change alters the root effect of the verb. Tricking with its extra syllable sounds like a different word. The ing word begins to resemble each other. Walking and running and cycling and swimming are all good forms of exercise, but I prefer to point out that my friend Kelly likes to walk, run, cycle, and swim. So that's what the example he gives. So now the revised version that he wrote here, it says, what might a revised version of my Iraq passage look like? He says, how about reservists stationed in Iraq have suffered months of withering attacks. They have complained to family members about the length of their tours of duty and lobbied Congress to bring more troops home soon. I cannot argue that this revision represents a significant significant improvement over the earlier version. It's perhaps a little cleaner and more direct, but now I know this tool gives me choices I did not know I had. In the same way I test adverbs, I can now test my INGs. Since I've learned this tool, I notice how I appreciate passages that are ING-like. Listen to Kathleen Norris in Dakota. It's another example. Like many who have written about Dakota, I'm invigorated by the harsh beauty of the land feel a need to tell the stories that come from its soil. Writing is a solidary act, solitary act, and ideally the Dakotas might seem to provide a writer with ample solitude and quiet, but the frantic social activity in small towns conspires to silence a person. There are far fewer people than jobs to fill. Someone must be found to lead the church choir or youth group to bowl with the league, to coach a softball team or little league, to run a chamber of commerce or club committee. Many jobs are vital. The volunteer fire department and ambulance service, the domestic violence hotline, the food pantry, all too often a kind of Tom Sawyerism takes over and makes of adult life a perpetual club. Imagine spending the rest of your life at summer camp. 
So in a paragraph of 151 words, Norris gives us only two INGs, not too many. So she and she does. If you if you take a look at her the examples, I think spending is one. And the other is just give me a moment here. Let's see spending. Writing and spending. So so those are the two. Now there's a workshop here too on page 34 and 35 and all of these we will discuss next uh, next we'll start with half of it on the next writing class and the next half of the tools that we did and if we can cover them all in one class that'll or in one podcast we will do that but that's what we're going to be doing next week covering the workshop questions for tool one through six and see if like I said if you want to join our writing group that's found on, uh, you can message me or on Facebook, uh, author Sylvia Stein. Uh, it's SilWriter07 on Facebook and then SilStein07 at gmail.com if you want to join our writing tips group. This has been an amazing podcast. I always love when I'm able to bring tips um, you know, to you guys, uh, those that are tuning in. I'm so ex- happy to be with potbean.com. I started, you know, looking up podcasts and how to do a podcast. I used to record on Sound SoundCloud, which is still great also for sound, you know, you can do, but I was looking up when to do podcasts and then I found Podbean. And what I love about it is that, you know, you, you know, you can upload easily. You can get your stuff, you know, um, for people to tune in, to listen to you. I'm still learning about podcasting. I just started in January. Started with a Silstein author channel just to bring writing tips and and uh, I was overwhelmed with uh, the way that uh, people were downloading the episodes when I started with Silstein author channel in January and then uh, of course I didn't know what days to put it you know available and uh, you know I, I was giving advice to do it consistently which I'm trying to do. So then we did the Silstein Power Hour, and that seemed more of a, you know, my husband's, you know, men have this way of kind of, you know, giving you insight, and my husband's very good at, you know, you know, bounce, you know, he's my biggest supporter, and he's just kind of said, well, you don't always take an hour to do it, and, you know, the, the name doesn't really fit, you know, you should think of another name, and then I thought, I, it took a while, and then I just thought, well, you know, I want to do it, want to do this podcast for, you know, other artists as well as myself and writing tips. So I thought in the artist realm came to me and we began on this journey. And now I have, you know, a Facebook page in the artist realm. You could also find information there. I'm, I'm working on a newsletter. Hopefully by October we'll have that in an email, especially for in the artist realm. And I'm also trying to do a Twitter page on there as well. And, uh, bring other authors to come and join us for interviews on Fridays, the one-on-ones. And I hope I had Lori uh, Fontanes from SSP. I want more of the Stitch Smile. You know, that I work, I'm an editor there and I, I am enjoying, you know, working with them. So a shout out to all of them. Uh, Lisa, our boss, Donnell, you know, my other boss for editing and uh, Becky Naren, who's a uh, amazing you know uh assistant executive assistant and 
all the wonderful authors there like Lori Fontanez, Jeff Brown, Mark Del Deloy and all these, you know, Mike Duke and all, and if I mispronounce anyone's name, I am Brianna Robertson and other, other wonderful editors that I work with. And, uh, and I want to send a shout out to all of them and all the new, the new people that just started. Um, but I, I want to bring more people on and also other podcasters, artists, and, you know, hope to have more people here. And also the people that have had me on their show, you know, like, uh, I started out, you know, when I, you know, cause I'm an, uh, in the author, I had Adra Robbins, um, who has her, sh her show, the, the, the cooks and books show. And she has it on urban nation radio. She's a, you know, she's a teacher. She's an author. She's, she's a, a you know, she's a, uh, she's a, just an overall wonderful person. And she had me on. I want to have her on. I also want to have uh, Etienne Gibbs who had me on and, you know, he, he's wonderful too. And had me on there to speak about my books and also, uh, the wonderful and talented author and blogger and, you know, also has her own show, a cup of Joe, Joe Michael, shout out to her. I want to have all of them on as well to pave it forward. And, and I've already reached out to them. So hopefully you'll, you know, once we work it out, we'll have them here. Not later this month for sure, but hopefully in the coming months of October, November, and December, but I do want to have more artists. So if you want to contact me to be on the show, um, you know, we can, you know, I can send you the information so you can be on our podcast and I know I'm rambling as I always do. Um, but I wanted to say, um, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm amazed and humbled by everyone that tunes in through podbean.com, iTunes, Google play, and all the downloads. I hope more people will follow us on podbean.com in the artist realm with Sylvia Stein. And I am in the author Sylvia Stein. And I hope you will join us for more writing tips and more other author interviews. And I hope to see you here next week. So hopefully this Friday I'll have another author uh, come to the show. If not, I will make sure that we have someone uh, on the one-on-ones to share, you know, their information. I had Lori. I've had Sandy uh, Wright Crabtree. I want to bring in also uh, other authors, uh, especially like Angel Woods, award-winning author, and other authors that I'm working with with a domestic violence awareness anthology, which is coming out in October 1st. It's uh, called Black, Blue, and Purple Pain, and uh, and it's a bunch of uh, of us authors, uh, best-selling, award-winning, and debut authors that are we all got together to create this wonderful anthology to uh, bring light to um, domestic violence, which is something, you know, that affects a lot of women, children, men, you know, it, and it, 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 you know, it's, it's going, it's ongoing, it happens, and it's not a good, you know, uh, it's something that, uh, that is hurtful, and, but we wanted to bring, you know, stories that, you know, have a message, and, and have a light at the end of the tunnel, and I know now a lot of, uh, people that have gone through this and all of the authors in their own way have and I'm really happy to be part of this anthology. I hope to bring her here to talk about this anthology as well as well as the other authors if they're available to come and talk about it. But uh, like I said, I'm really excited for what's coming. I hope everyone has a happy Wednesday. I hope that the writing tools for Roy Peter Clark have helped you 
next week as i said next wednesday we'll start off with the workshop stuff for the tools one through six i'm probably going to divide it up into two shows uh, so we can do part of them and answer questions and you have time to work on them if you have not gotten your copy i suggest you get your the writing tools from roy peter clark i have the 50 essential strategies for every writer I believe there's an updated version uh of it but um version of it and uh so uh, be sure to get your copy but again i'm very happy to be a part of uh this amazing uh podcast that you know that i started on and i'm learning every day and i thank you for listening and tuning in so thank you so much and you all have a very happy wednesday shout out to my husband jeremy who's in training in virginia um uh, i wish him the best and uh Hope to see him back here soon, and uh, we're you know very proud of him, and a uh, you know wonderful father, husband, and of course my three children were in school, and I wish like a very happy school year to all the ch children, parents, students, you know everybody be have a successful and blessed year. Thank you so much for tuning in, and you all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you. again for the Silstein uh, podcast with In the Artist Realm with Sylvia Stein. Thank you for tuning in to podbean.com. Again, join us with indie author Sylvia Stein, In the Artist Realm.